Assalamu alaikum jami'an wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Today I am uh, reviewing the book Islam in Liberalism by Joseph Massad. And uh, I actually was given this book by a close friend of mine as a gift. And uh, I had actually heard of it pre uh, previously, but I had never got round to actually buying it. And so when my friend gave it to me, I was really appreciative that someone would take time out to give me a gift of a book. And I have to admit and say that probably in terms of the, the book, it's one of my favorite books of all time and probably the favorite book that I read in 2016. And so I recommend it to you. Today in our contemporary times, the question of liberalism is at the forefront of all of our understandings with regards to our political or our religious um, identities. Sometimes we often write or research the concepts of liberalism inside Islam. The author looks at the question from the opposite perspective and tries to understand Islam as a religion inside the movement of liberalism and how liberalism as a movement since the Enlightenment has tried to either challenge or co-opt Islam for its own ends. Now this is something that is being written about quite a lot, even um, at the moment. For example, there are articles coming out about the way in which America and American culture has affected Islam in its locality, how France has affected Muslim thinking in its particular locality. So what the author tries to do is look at the historic development of the religion of Islam inside liberalism and the way in which liberalism itself has tried to pick Islam as a target. The argument he puts forward is that if you imagine the various um, sects in Christianity and which ones have been particularly targeted by liberalism, can we see in a similar trend that liberalism has targeted Islam in its entirety? And what he tries to do is highlight, be it from um, the academic or the political realms, the way in which different movements have tried to see Islam as a threat or as a means by which it needs to target because it sees itself as an entirely different uh, civilization or as the opposite to liberalism. What he tries to highlight from the beginning of the book is that in liberalism, liberalism needs to demonstrate itself as being the uh, ultimate, the most profound way of living and it represents inherently all that is good, all that is moral, all that is just. So for example, if um, liberalism is inherently related to democracy, if liberalism is inherently related to freedom of speech, freedom of sexuality, then Islam has to be its opposite. Therefore, liberalism represents democracy, Islam must inherently represent authoritarianism. If liberalism inherently uh, represents, for example, freedom of speech, then Islam inherently represents the opposite, being a lack of freedom of speech. So he tries to demonstrate the way in which liberalism has tried to create this argument throughout the last three centuries. So for example, he looks at Samuel P. Huntingdon, he looks at Eisenhower, he looks at Clinton, he also looks at the United Nations and the way in which certain liberal movements, NGOs, have tried to co-opt the, uh, the narrative 
in order to demonstrate liberalism as the perfect way of living, as the ultimate way of living, and therefore by its opposite, Islam must be demonized to be shown as its counter opposite. And so what the author does is he breaks down the book into multiple different chapters. And so the first thing he looks at is the defenses uh, of Islam against the offense, the attack of um, democracy against Islam. He also looks at the way in which the arguments of sexuality and women's rights are created in liberalism as arguing against Islam uh, as its direct opposite. And then he also looks at the issues of psychoanalysis of the word Islam and the way the word Islam is portrayed in a period of time over the last three centuries. Now this book opened my mind up to a number of things that I hadn't really appreciated. And in particular, um, what I took away from this book was the way in which I was able to see beyond um, what I'm being shown and to appreciate what is the back narrative and the back story to a lot of what I'm seeing in the world today. If I'm going to appreciate why the NGOs, why they take a certain stance, why certain political organizations take a certain stance, where their language is coming from in its tradition, I was appreciative of that by virtue of this book. And it opened my eyes to the reality of which liberalism is using Islam for its own means to be able to justify its arguments and also the way in which that creates subcultures such as the subcultures of democracy, subcultures of nationalism, subcultures of feminism. And so when you want to understand all these subcultures, you need to be able to go back to the, the centrality of where these have come from. And this is the liberal movement. And therefore, if you understand um, the way in which liberalism is seeing Islam as its enemy or the way in which it is trying to co-opt Islam within itself, you'll be able to appreciate the subcultures in a better way as well. So I recommend this book definitely to my audience. I would recommend it to all academics. I would recommend it to students. And I would also recommend it to ulama as well, dhakirin, because the pulpit needs to be able to respond to some of these challenges. And if we don't understand the centrality of the movement and the way in which it's manifesting itself, then we will not be able to, to respond adequately to some of these questions.